I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's, it's so real to this day. I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? (laughs) We did it guys. One that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. This episode of Spaces Podcasts is supported by Twin Motion and by Section Cut from our friends at Monograph. You'll hear more about them later on in the episode. Hello! My name is Demetrius. This is Jason. Morning. And you are listening to Spaces Podcasts Express. Thank you for coming back, everybody. Jason, so you were right. I looked it up, and they are creating uh, storm clouds in Dubai. There you go. I don't know if you got a chance to see it, but I put a link on our LinkedIn page. I saw a video that was talking about it. So what it is, is basically they're flying these electrified drones up into the sky Mm -hmm. and essentially jumbling up the particles in these clouds in order to force water closer together so that they create larger raindrops that without this would have evaporated before they hit the ground. Makes sense. So when I initially thought, uh, when you initially said it, I was thinking, well, now, like the way that the system works, there's an evaporation and water goes up and it comes down. Like, how are they just creating water out of nowhere? nowhere. But but what it is, is they're forcing the water closer together to make sure that the water actually all comes down rather than lose it in evaporation in the air. Making it heavy enough, basically. Yeah. Isn't that the idea? Exactly. Yeah. So you're right. There you go. I'll take the win. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But for today's discussion, I wanted to talk about something that I see on the horizon that's happening in the industry and in the bigger scope of 
society in general, mm-hmm. there's a lot of signs pointing to something happening, but I haven't quite worked out exactly what the outcome will necessarily be. So, mm-hmm. you know, in 2008, uh, after the housing crash, there was a mass exodus of people from the building industry, like the, the mid-level uh, sort of management group sort of left the industry and never came back or yeah. took a long time to come back if they did. Sure. So right now, I think we're in the middle of something off of COVID. Uh, there's a lot of talk right now of a mass exodus in general of people leaving companies that are not willing to do some sort of hybrid program or allow them to work from home completely or whatever the case is. So COVID has shifted a lot of employees' perspective on their work environment. So there's that's one thing. Okay. I think the access to information and uh, free education is another thing. And then when I look specifically in architecture, I don't have hard data just yet, but in conversations, there's a lot of talk of people leaving the profession to go into the tech space, into UX design, which is Are you familiar with UX design? I'm not. What is that? So it's basically the interface that you use for any website or app on your phone. Okay. Kind of design how that works and the user friendliness of it. Okay. How does that translate, though, from that trade to that space? Because architecture is really based in a format where you're pulling in a lot of information from a lot of different partners and sort of generating a singular agreed upon direction. So it's a lot of coordination and understanding of moving parts, a lot of different moving parts and pulling those together. Hmm. And then there's the design aspect to it. It's really design thinking is kind of what we go through uh, is what it's called. And it's just that process of iterating and iterating until you can quickly come up with a solution for something and then work out the bugs as you're going. So it's just that whole process of uh, of our education that sort of translates to these other fields and that those other fields are interested in um, people from architecture coming into. So there's a lot of people thinking about that. And then I see a lot of people, younger people that are starting their own companies a lot earlier that are very different. They're more um, diverse in services. So it's not just architecture, but they're doing branding, uh, graphic design, things that like if you're a business owner, you can go to them as one stop shop and say, okay, design my space, come up with my whole branding concept, my business cards, my all that stuff. So there's something happening. So you have the mid level people that are leaving the industry. And then you have there's a there's an annual survey that's done called the design intelligence survey where they poll people from across the country in the architecture space to get an understanding of what um, kids that are graduating school are looking to do. And they kind of rank what the best schools are. But but I always look at what the kids plan to do coming out of school and it's steadily increased as far as interest in going to corporations, which also, not not only includes like Gensler and all the other big names, but it also does include like Google and some of these tech companies. Yeah. It's been a, a growth in that direction. But there's also, interestingly, in this latest one this year, 
been a jump in people that are in, interested in starting their own firms. So one of the standout questions was, if there were no barriers, what firm would you want to work for? And the number one response overall, I think it was 4,000 students that were polled in this across the country, but the number one response overall was to be self-employed. It doesn't surprise me. I think there's a lot of glitz and glamour to that. And I think to your point, over the last year and a half, you know, where people have been somewhat forced to um, work from home or anything like that, um, I think it's created that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of what they're doing. And I would say that's good and bad, right? Yeah. I think it's good because you realize you can do those things. Um, and you don't, you know, it's, it's created efficiencies in different ways. It's created flexibility in different ways. You know, the technology is so, so far increased that it allows these things to happen. But at the same point, I also think it's created a false sense of, of what the endeavor would look like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's pretty easy to say, yeah, I get to make my own schedule and I'm doing my own things and whatever, and I'm still getting paid from somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Who has those risks and those, 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 uh, headaches and, and that burden to bear to all of a sudden you go out on your own and you think that's like the greatest thing ever. And then you're like, Oh crap, <laughs> at a minimum, I've got nothing coming in for a few months. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's, and, and I don't think a lot of those things are taken into consideration. I think we've all had those conversations, right? Yeah. So I, I think one of the biggest issues, I was talking with somebody about this the other day, about the whole idea of entrepreneurship and, and, and going out on your own and stuff like that has really been misrepresented in social media. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's done a big disservice to people because they don't understand. There's those of us that are business owners, right? And, and understand what it's like to, when all of a sudden everything shut down a year and a half ago, I mean, you're legitimately going to hope like, oh crap, you got to shift, got to pivot, got to do whatever. And it's not, you don't know what the future looks like. And not only is it, are you trying to take care of your own family, but you have all these other people that you employ too, that you want to make sure to keep working and, and doing those types of things and the insurances and you know all the stuff that goes along with that and deciding if you're going to allow people to come in and sign a waiver or you know all these things that you had to go through and make decisions that you're ultimately going to have to sit with the ramifications of such mm-hmm. right there's all these things that people don't understand and the funny thing is when a lot of people talk about the entrepreneurship side sure they can do the work like i'm sure you're trained in whatever you're doing i'm sure you're good at what you you know maybe you're one of the best at what you do mm-hmm. right in that singular situation but can you balance the books can you do all the other parts how's your conversation with it mm-hmm. and can you sell yeah. I mean, like, that's the other thing that most of these people have never done. Mm-hmm. They've never had the opportunity or had the chance to go out and literally knock down contracts. Yeah. You know, they have no idea what that entails and they have no idea what 99 out of 100 doors closing on you feels like. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, and then all that pressure just continues to mount. Right. Yeah. So I think everybody says they want to do that. Um, I would tell you a very few percentage of people can actually make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, or are willing to sacrifice and go through the heartaches and the headaches and everything that it takes to do that. You know, you can speak yeah. to it better than most people. Like if they came to you, you'd be like, look, there's some really great things about it. And dude, there's some scary things about it. You know yeah. I mean? like, yeah. it really is, right? So those are all things that people have to think about. And But I think as you're a kid that's graduating school, it's like, oh yeah, I want to work for myself. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, of course you do. But mom and dad just paid for college. You were on a meal plan. You took your laundry home. You know what I mean? Like all these other kind of things. You're like, you weren't doing anything yet. On yeah. Your what do you know? You know what I mean? And I mean, even the cost of insurance, you know, for business and stuff, people have no idea what that costs and they see it. And they're just like, oh my God. Yeah. You know? So, well, I don't think that it's necessarily that people expect that they're going to graduate and start their own business necessarily. 
Yeah. I'm sure there's probably some that think they can well, do yeah, it. Yep. But um but I think it's not the intent to work for someone long term. So a lot of people are already planning, yeah, I'm gonna work five years, learn as much as I can, and then I'm out the door once I got enough information to to be able to do so. But what would you say on a societal or industry base, what do you think is the good side of that, the the good outcome? The different perspectives, a hundred percent. I mean, the more like when you look at it, you know, when you talk about it from a design side, if you have, I don't know what it is, let's call it the five big architecture firms, right? Um, everybody's got their groove and everybody has what they like to do, right? So let's, let's assume, let's, I mean, overgeneralize and say that's five different products, right? Mm -hmm. Well, all of a sudden, if you got all these other people kind of like flexing the mold and that's what happens when you're forced to go out on your own, you kind of have to look at things differently and provide different solutions. Well, now maybe you've got 10 different options or 15 different options or whatever. So I think you can really start to change the market and change the direction of a lot of things when you have additional fresh insight Mm -hmm. and fresh design. I mean, that's what, that's what all of art is, right? Which is essentially architecture. I know you're going to tell me you guys are artists, right? (laughs) No. And I I appreciate you and and I believe that. I don't agree with that, but. All right. But, you know, but the idea being that influence can really drive direction and a market shift. Yeah. Right. There can be a fresh way of looking at things. And I think those are the projects that we all get excited at. You know, like I remember last year talking about a project that uh, Trumark Holmes was doing. Right. And it was like this whole new idea and concept about complete flexibility and in, in buying a stack, mm-hmm. but designing the house how you wanted, you know, yeah. moving the appliances around, doing all those other kind of things. And it was really cool, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, was, it was intriguing and it creates its own buzz and those kind of things. So those things don't generally happen unless you have new thought injected into the mix because ultimately why would you right yeah. human beings want comfort and they want security and anytime you start doing something new it's scary and it's getting outside of what you know and you're not sure and so you know but if you're a new up-and-coming guy you have to make that bang right you have mm-hmm. to you have to do that flash and so sometimes that's the way that you can really draw that attention or at least get enough to get your foot in the door and then massage and talk about whatever you need to yeah so i think that's good in a lot of ways um I mean, I don't really see a, a negative to it. You know, if you, if, if I was in the architecture space and I saw a whole bunch of other firms coming up, I mean, the negative is like, now I got all this other competition, right? Yeah. But then it takes it back to, you know, that's what you need. And that's what happens in the market. Uh, the conglomerates, they get bigger and bigger and bigger and swallow up everything, right? You know, as the market's getting better, you mentioned Google, all these other guys and whatever, it's bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, you need that market shift or that change or that fall. And what happens is that mid-level management Mm-hmm. That probably has most of those capabilities of a lot of different things probably came up through the ranks, never quite made it to the top, but is working with a lot of the guys in the top to see what they're doing. They go, okay, well, I have no other choice. Let me give this a rip. You know yeah. what I mean? And so that's what happens. You have that trickle down, um, and then it spreads out, and then it builds up again, and then everybody swallows up, and then it rolls up. And tree, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's kind of how it works. So yeah. that's probably what's going to happen again, you know? We're going to take a quick break to share a little bit more about our sponsors. What if you could visualize your building in a couple of clicks, remove months from the design process, or create a bridge between stakeholders to solve problems before they even come up? Our friends at Twinmotion offer simple, real-time visualization for architects. Their technology lets you view and edit your scene on the go in the same pixel-perfect quality as the final rendering. Twinmotion seamlessly integrates with other tools like SketchUp and Revit 
transforming your BIM or CAD models into high quality images, panoramas, VR videos, or presentations. Sound complicated? Well, what if I told you that Twinmotion enables anyone to present the biggest ideas in the easiest way possible, regardless of previous CG experience? To download your exclusive free trial, head to twinmotion.link spaces. That's twinmotion.link spaces. Section Cut by Monograph Monograph is building a community of like-minded firm owners and operations leaders who are looking for solutions that align with their firm's values. On top of that, Monograph is building the only cloud-based practice operations software built exclusively for architects by architects. Monograph's easy-to-use and beautifully designed software allows you and your team to know, in near real-time, whether you are on pace to deliver a project on budget. With Monograph, you and your team can plan project schedules, budgets, role assignments, and team members all in one place. The best part of Monograph? It doesn't require a degree in finance to use. To experience the difference today, sign up for a free trial at monograph.com. And to underscore their commitment, on August 12th, Monograph will be hosting their first ever virtual conference. It's called Section Cut. This one-day event brings firm owners, operations leaders, and project leaders together to learn from success stories and workshops, all with the goal of improving their business. Reserve a seat at Section Cut today by visiting sectioncut.com. To your point, what's happening is you're seeing some of these architects shift, like I said, into tech, some creating their own businesses, going into software development, like this one company called TestFit. I, we, I think we've touched on it before, but to refresh your memory, it's a, a software that basically generates, um, like, let's say, an apartment and type in like how many units you want and uh, you show your site and you basically can quickly configure sort of what that apartment could look like in a spatial planning sense and as a developer get a quick understanding of how many units you can fit on this site with all of these parameters now I saw they have one that's a a new phase that kind of shows a stadium bowl and quickly lays out parking for that entire site like in seconds and you just move you move the building around and the parking just calibrates yeah recalibrates and changes around the building so it's just like that's awesome uh, that would never happen if uh people weren't experiencing the pressures that i think they experience right now in companies yep and and what i'm seeing is uh at least on the architecture sense it's the volatility of the industry it's the low pay and then the third big one, in my opinion, would be the lack of guidance and or clear direction of how you fit and grow within a company. Like what your career path is? Yeah. I hear that very often that people don't see how they grow up in the company. And it's just like very stagnant, both in a monetary sense and a positional sense. Like, yeah, you'll turn from a junior to a senior, but how do you get up to the leadership ranks? And it's very, um, all these things have created an environment where I think people are just like, you know what, I'm going to chart my own path. I'm going to do my own thing to solve whatever issue 
really bugs me about the industry and they hyper focus on that one thing and they're creating all of these different companies and additions that I think will benefit uh, the industry. But I also am concerned about the people that are leaving and what will that create on a day to day for the people that actually are getting work done in the, in the profession. Well, I think in our industry, there's a mass exodus in general Mm -hmm. and maybe not so much a mass exodus because I would say that was more market created, but there's no influx and, and there's no future um, funnel. And I'm talking across the board. Like it used to be from what I understand in years past, like it was a very noble profession, right? Uh, What's his name? Larry Webb used to always say it's a very noble profession. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, and, and a lot of us believe it is. Right. Mm-hmm. But there used to be this like um, this panache about doing this and, and this is what we build and this is what we do. And for whatever reason, I don't believe it has that same marquee value anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's so much cooler to go work for Google or Apple or any of these other guys or Amazon or whatever. It's so much cooler and there's so much more buzz about it. And you couple that with the idea that people in those situations can completely work from home. I mean, they encourage it, right? Mm-hmm. So you have that perk that goes along with it as opposed to, hey, you can come into this industry, you can work your tail off and you can make a good living. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's that's really what it is. And people look at that like, eh, I don't really <laughs> want to get out of my jammies. I want to hang out at home and just, you know, kind of sign in type of deal and do my work, right? Yeah. Which is also scary because I think if you look into the future, those types of jobs, I think will erode even further as you go further and further into technology. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What's actually going to be needed. And I think the costs will increase in the careers again in construction or home building or whatever you want to look at, because there will be such a scarcity of labor. And I'm talking intellectual side, field side, to your point, middle management and leadership value for a lot of these builders, that it's almost creating a scenario by necessity where you're going to have to incentivize people to come back. Now, in doing that, you're going to drive up the cost values of homes. You're going to do, you know, all these things are going to occur, but that's, that's, I mean, like there's, there's two things you can't outsmart. You can't outsmart physics. You just, you just can't do it. Physics is going to win and supply and demand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, those are the, like, in my opinion, and those are the two things, right? Yeah. And if you, there's a demand for housing, which there will always be a demand for housing. I don't see that ever going away in any, any capacity. Um, you're going to need people to be able to build those. You're going to need people to be able to go out and procure the land and do the entitlements, do everything that goes along with that. And if you don't have that, meaning you have low supply of individual and the demand's high for those people, they're going to be paying higher dollars at some point. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to see in the next 10 to 15 years, you're going to see a loop back. I was talking to one of our installers the other day. You're going to see a complete loop back and how much some of these guys in the field are paid mm. because it's gone. I mean, there's just nobody coming in. And I was talking with the BIA the other day. We're trying to get other people in and they were looking at doing like a mentorship program or like a junior membership or whatever, where they'd incentivize college students to, to come to the meetings and they were going to get, you know, give them a reduced rate. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, (laughs) find sponsors and let's make it free. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll sponsor somebody, you know what I mean? Like we need more people to come in type of deal. And there's just no drive to go that direction. Yeah. Because at one point, all the world's wealth was made in real estate. It still is held that way for the most part, mm-hmm. right? It's a legacy thing, but you can create a lot of wealth now on the technology side. Yeah. So people go where the wealth is, right? So if all the wealth is in the tech, well, guess what? We're going to tech. Yeah. And then it'll, it'll create another shift at some point because the tech's going to need the space, which means you need real estate, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's, that's just my opinion. So I think we're on that downside like you're talking about, but it's going to be interesting because it's going to create the demand. Yeah, for the need, which I think will ultimately drive the dollar things you're referring to. Because I mean, more and more people that leave architecture and go out, 
they're going to need dudes like you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're going to be willing to pay for it because they don't have a choice. Yeah. But, but that's a 10 year type deal, right? Yeah. Um, some of us will be 50. <laughs> some of us may not be. Um, Only a but, couple of years or yeah, one, a couple of one or two. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, but I like the idea of fresh ideas and entrepreneurship. I like the idea of people coming in and injecting um, a fresh look on things. I think mm-hmm. that's important. So I would never do that. And I think that's always going to happen naturally. Yeah. And one thing I will say on the fee side is, you know, this, this constant pressure of people pushing down their fees to get the next job mm-hmm. has, has to stop. Like people are willing to pay it during the good times. So they should be willing to pay it at any time. You're crazy. To, to, no, to some extent, to some extent, okay. um, not the, not the overcharging, but mm-hmm. not to put out proposals that are less than what it actually costs you to do it just to get the job and keep the lights on. Listen, OPEC, like I think also, <laughs> <laughs> I think um, it's a really good point. And I'm not trying to knock down what you're saying, but the market dictates that. And the hungrier somebody is and in the different, the different life they're in at that moment will all dictate those types of things. I mean, we see it on the trades all day long, right? Mm-hmm. I can tell you when all of the trades are super busy yeah. because the bids are putting, like we're winning stuff left and right when it's like, we don't fluctuate. I don't fluctuate our pricing. Yeah. Right. Mine's That's what constant. I'm saying. But a lot of people do, and they will always do that because it's like, I don't have, I can't, I don't have the capacity. So I'm going to get charge a gazillion dollars. Right. Yeah. Well, if I get it fine, I'll cut out somebody else, right? Yeah. And then it goes back the other way. When they don't have the capacity, they're like, oh my God, I need work. And they drop their shorts on the pricing. Yeah. But you and I are the outskirts on that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The vast majority of people operate that way. Mm-hmm. And they're just like this consistently. And that's the volatility. A hundred percent, but it's never going to change. I mean, that's like I, that's like a massive OPEC agreement. That's, that's like, what we're no here way. for. We're going to yeah. change it. <laughs> You're talking about collusion <laughs> through, through our mics. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, when you look at it, though, there's two ways you compete with people for the most part, right? Yeah. Uh, well, maybe three: your service, your design, and then your pricing. Yeah. And what you provide is a combination of that. So even the builder at some point will say, "You know what? Um, I like the Cadillac. I'll buy the Cadillac because mm. I have, I appreciate the service that comes with Cadillac and all that kind of stuff and whatever." But then all of a sudden, they're going to have less money in their pocket one day. Yeah. Like, you know what? That like top of the line Tahoe is pretty cool. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'll buy the top of the line Tahoe. You know what I mean? Or when it goes into a recession, they're like, bro, the Geo Metro was a rad car. <laughs> At least it had a handbrake and I could slide that thing. You know what I mean? So, but the truth of the matter is like, that's what happens. And you're never going to be able to hold that. Like I'd say we're a top of the line Tahoe is the pricing we change, right? Mm-hmm. Charge. We're top of the line Tahoe. We never let you down. It's a great car. You'll love us. You know what I mean? We're not the cheapest. We're not the most expensive, but we always deliver. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of where we are, right? I'm a Chevy guy, clearly. So, <laughs> but you look at that, and and that's where we tend to stay. I will tell you, we lose bids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we won't come down in price. Yeah. But very few people have the service history that we do, and they are not able to do that. Mm-hmm. They choose not to do that because they'd rather not spend the money and the time to do the service part. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I'm with you. I mean, it would be easier for me if we did that, but I don't ever see that happening. <laughs> oh, God. It's going to happen. I'm going to stay positive and, and hopeful. <laughs> I'm positive you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We ran super long today, but I think it was good. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for joining me. Thank you to the listeners for listening, and we'll talk again next week. Thanks. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check out our sponsors. By checking them out and supporting them, 
You help us keep this show going. Thank you to Twin Motion for their support of this podcast episode. Don't forget to visit twinmotion.link slash spaces today and try Twin Motion for free. Thank you to Monograph for their support of this podcast episode. To reserve a seat at their first ever interactive virtual conference, visit sectioncut.com today. Spaces is part of the Gable Media Network. You can check out similar content at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. If you enjoy our show, you can support us in three simple ways for free. You can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on your podcast app if it allows you to. Tell a friend and follow us on social media. Thanks for spending time with us. Talk soon. Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise. From 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm.